God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gera. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Gareth, um, you did add a new R into my name just there too. Into what? Into Grareth that came out, I think. Grareth, <laughs> let me ask you some. Grary, <laughs> hey Grary, <laughs> you've lost the war. Uh, that's not what this is about. You you had a point. <laughs> just make your point. Don't worry about. No, no, you've. No, just make you continue to make the point that you were making before. How yeah. are you? I'm fine. I was, I was fine. I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I did it. I was fine. I was fine. And I'm not good. It's going to be okay. I feel like it's fine. Yeah. No, don't worry. The English language is a fluid language. Is it? Words no. change and the meanings of words change. That's not like, what like this the word, is about. Like the word, That's not what this is about. The word literal is currently being changed by its use. It's like when people go, that's not the definition of literal. No, it's not. But the English language which changes as people use words in different ways. So the word literal is literally being changed. The meaning. That's a fair use of it. And 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 your name oh, here we go. is fluid and it's changing and it's and it's it's becoming It's evolving into a super name. It's becoming more approachable. Yeah, no, it's working for me. It's, yeah. Uh, your name is Gareth Reynolds. Yeah. But you're, you're not a fan of that name. Real, Take down some of the walls. Well, it's like we're not in a kingdom in England. Why? Right. Well, <laughs> we're not. Gary. <laughs> Today's story begins in India. All right. Do you like it when they start in other countries? Uh, sure. Yeah. I feel like that's. Uh, yeah. I like the origins. Chandra Mohan Jain. Wow. Mm, that's pretty good. Was born on December 11th, 1931 in Kuchawada. Oh, boy. Kuchawada, a small Indian village. It's great that I can't see the words, so there's really no, <laughs> no way for me to know, but I know it's off. I know it's way off. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, was, he, was, uh, he was gifted uh, but rebellious student in school, and he gained a reputation as a debater. All right. Which is a good thing for a young child to have. Sure. That's called uh, an argumentative uh, child. <laughs> He's a real debater. <laughs> He's always debating with the other kids over this things being his and everything's his. You know, he's, he just uh, loves to debate. Um, he, uh, he went to college when he was 19. And was such an argumentative asshole that he was asked to leave. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> good, good luck! Out! Go! You're terrible! <laughs> or no, they'd probably be like, stay here! And he'd be like, no! I'm out of here! <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> um, so then he went to a second college, and he was such a douchebag at that college... That they told them he didn't have to. He didn't have to come to school. He could just come to take the tests. See, now that's what's, <laughs> that's why that's why the world sucks is because assholes do. Like, if you're a big enough asshole, you almost guess get fast tracked. Yeah. All right. Dude, okay, so I had a I had a test. I was in a graduate school, mostly graduate students in, in college, and 
everybody in the class got D's and F's. Like the teacher just like threw us all these fucking curveballs. Right. And we were all like, dude, you even came when we were studying all this shit. And you're like, you guys are going to nail it. I'm seeing what you guys are doing. And, <laughs> and I stood up and I, and, in the middle of the class and I was like, no, your test was bad. You had a bad test. I mean, you're blaming us, and you're saying that this is why the Japanese are ahead of us? Like, we were having an argument. And he goes, come on, I'll talk to you outside. And he takes me outside, and he goes, I'm going to let you retake the test. <laughs> just come to my office next time. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, exactly. Just, like, completely exactly. insane. Completely insane. Yeah. <laughs> he just so I was this guy. Yeah. Uh, he began speaking in public at uh, faith meetings and continued to do so for the next 17 years. He got a master's degree in, in uh, philosophy and got himself a job teaching at college, but was quickly asked to transfer to another college because the vice chancellor considered him as a danger to his students' morality, character, and religion. I mean, this guy is a real fucking asshole. <laughs> this is so far, everybody's like, just go. Just get go. Out. Please leave. Just get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, he then began traveling the country under the name Acharya Rajneesh. Who hasn't? Giving lectures critical of socialism and Gandhi. Okay. So someone, so finally someone, yes, sticking so, up to, to the, the monster that is Gandhi. It's just the, the, <laughs> the satanic monster, Gandhi. Uh, he thought Gandhi was a masochist reactionary who worshipped poverty. <laughs> wow. Okay. So he's a Republican. Yes. He sounds like a really... He sounds like a rich asshole at that point. Yes. If you're telling someone they worship poverty, like, how can you look at Gandhi? It's Gandhi. Yeah, it really, it is really hard to, uh, Gandhi's George Clooney. We all like him. Right. Yeah. He we is George like Clooney. Him. Yeah. For the right reasons. Yep. Um, so, uh, Rajneesh thought India needed capitalism, science, technology, and birth control. That's what he would talk about mostly. He gained a Big loyal following of wealthy merchants and businessmen. Of course. <laughs> the asshole brigade! He ju he's just... Like, if you're going up and talking shit about Gandhi, then yeah. rich people are like, get a load of this guy! This guy's actually finally making some sense. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go murder Gandhi. Yeah, he's awful. Yeah, we don't like him. Yeah, he won't eat. Yeah, he's a pacifist, so we're gonna hurt him. So, and of course, you can tell right now that he is just... Saying shit that rich people love right. to get rich people on his side. Yeah. That's all his fucking game is. Yeah. He then started change, charging them gobs of money for individual consultations about spiritual development. There, it is. there yep. it is. Right there. Then he started meditation camps and centers. What? Okay. How why is he meditating? Yeah. Well, okay. it's India. You, you get. Yeah, but it doesn't. People... Assholes don't meditate. Oh, no. Assholes. Asshole, or they can pretend to. Yeah. Or maybe they have, like, assholey meditations where they're just kind of focused on, like, their greed and stuff. Mm, yeah. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Mm, I'm gonna fuck fucking take everything and murder Gandhi home. Money, 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 money. money. feels so good on my hands. <laughs> Need money. Uh, next, he became known as the sex guru. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because he was talking so much about how awesome sex is. In 1970, he started taking on disciples. Now that now I'm finally starting to see this guy's side a little bit better. <laughs> Hello, everybody like fucking, yeah? No, the deal is now. Instead, we all fuck. I'd be like, well, all right, can I get that pamphlet? Can I just take a look at that? That's pretty good. You and like what's sucky, your name? Uh, sucky, sucky, yeah. We're going to fuck, and then we will murder Gandhi. <laughs> okay? <laughs> First we fuck, then um, we stab him. 
so the disciples had to change their name, uh, dress in orange, and wear a locket with a picture of Rashnish at all times. Hey, hey. Totally normal. Let me know when there's a red flag coming. And the guy's like, hey, listen. <laughs> I uh, got you this. I, I want you to wear an outfit, but also everybody carries a little picture of me. All right. So sign there. And, uh, and there. And then, and then come on the dick-sucking dick tent. <laughs> and then we'll go to the dick-sucking tent. That's where I live, and I'm the only man allowed in there. <laughs> A locket with your... I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to buy 50 lockets and just give them to people with my picture inside of it. Just be like, will you start wearing this for me? Please? Uh, his followers started creating audio tapes, which began to be distributed worldwide. His number of Western followers increased. Well, it's the 70s. Okay. But his, <clears throat> these these audio tapes are about... I mean, he's really... His speeches. But it's about more about fucking now. It's, now it's, a lot of it's about fucking okay. now. And, and yeah, he's sort of... Well, he still does the capitalism, science, technology, you know, stuff. But but he's people. It's he, about fucking a lot. Yeah, a okay. lot of it's about fucking. Okay. Um, he then began group therapy at his ashram as a source of income. So someone bought him a big piece of property. Yeah. One of the wealthy people, and now a source of income. So it's group therapy. Group therapy groups were experimental. <laughs> allowing physical aggression and sexual encounters between participants. Wow, that is... So that's a different kind of group. You know what? Uh, I feel weird and a little bit angry and... All right, why don't you finger Martha? <laughs> that, you feel better? You know what? Finger Martha and punch Jerry in the finger face. Finger Martha and then you're going to fight Jerry in that dirt circle. Okay. We're just, we're kind of working the kinks out. We're ironing it out. I'm going to go fuck your wife in the dick sucking tent where I live. Um, <clears throat> reports of injuries sustained in group encounter sessions began to appear in the press. <laughs> so good. So yeah. good press is happening. It was discovered that the therapy groups encouraged participants to be violent. Fucking hit him! Hit him! You gonna take that shit? <laughs> Did you hear what he said to you? Oh, you need to get your shit together. Break his fucking nose! <laughs> oh, jeez. I was under the impression we were just kind of fucking. Oh, really? Here. You think you're gonna walk out of here? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> One prominent member of the ashram uh, left the ashram with a broken arm. After eight hours locked in a room, the participants armed with wooden weapons. What the <laughs> fuck? Okay, what the fuck? What? <laughs> so he just, went to group therapy, and therapy. a bunch of guys with bats beat the shit out of him. And broke his arm. For eight hours. Feel better? <laughs> Good to get that off your chest? You're still mad at your daddy? Yeah. You don't miss your brother anymore, do you? <laughs> Um, the violence stopped in January 1979 when the ashram issued a press release saying the violence had fulfilled its function within the overall context of the ashram <laughs> as an evolving spiritual commune. Yep. Okay, no more beating each other up. Okay, cool. All right. <clears throat> Some guy's like, fuck, I just got here. Sorry, buddy. We're evolving. God, fuck. Can I get my dick sucked? Yeah, your dick's going to get sucked. <laughs> so. You're at the ashram. <laughs> Come on. Of course your fucking dick's going to get sucked. Even if I got to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> People who graduated from the ashram were called Saniasins. Saniasins. S-A-N-N-Y-A-S-I-N-S. Saniasins. Saniasins. Drug use amongst Saniasins began to become a problem with some Western Saniasins paid. So. When, some Western Saniasins paid for their extended stays in India with prostitution and drug running. <laughs> this was all approved by Rajneesh. 
But yeah, well, Rajneesh doesn't seem like he's <sighs> a very good ashram leader. Uh, hey, Rajneesh. Uh, so you know to stay here. Where's the money to pay for my stay? Well, here's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I got a bunch of. I got some ladies that I captured in a van. Okay. And I got some blow. I'm listening. And I'm gonna head on the city. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some dudes to fuck those ladies for like a hundred bucks each. You I'm know you're s- at an ashram, right? Yeah, I'm gonna sell the blow and then I'm gonna give you the money. This is a, a very good idea. Okay. This is perfect. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. I just need some gas money. All right. I'm gonna finger your wife. <laughs> okay. All righty. Thank you. Cool. Come again. Not actually my wife. What? Uh, Wait. by nineteen eighty one. What? Rajneesh's ashram hosted thirty thousand visitors visitors a year. What? <laughs> I'm picturing 12 people. No. 30,000. Yeah. Are going there to fuck, fight, and do drugs. Yeah. And, and But a lot of them are going there like meditation and peace and love and sex. So that's happening too. Yeah. Okay. But there's, okay. But there's a bad element to it. Well, it sounds like it's mostly bad elements. <laughs> I think I'm highlighting the bad elements. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I guess maybe. Yeah, if, if I went through the. And then, they go to the koi and pond. Then Larry and, went there and, he, and yeah. he touched a fish and he, yeah. and he thought about flowers. Like, yeah. That's not. <laughs> okay, yeah. Nobody no, cares that's about not. that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so most of the 30,000 were American and European. Now the Indian government was getting tired of, of the bullshit that okay. was happening there. Uh, they revoked his tax-exempt status. They stopped issuing visas to foreign visitors who were going to see him. <laughs> so he decided to move his operations to... Oh, boy. He's coming here, isn't he? Have you heard of Oregon? I knew he was coming here. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. He's in the blood. <laughs> he's in the blood. His second-in-command was a woman named Ma Anand Sheila. Okay. On June 13th, 1981, Rajneesh bought the Big Muddy Ranch, a 64,000-acre ranch near Antelope, Oregon, for $5.75 million. Now, 64,000 acres is huge. Huge. And he just has all this money just because all these rich people are just kind of like Give buying him, into his shit, yeah. donating. And Giving him tons shit. of money. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the, the, the ranch is so big it spans two Oregon counties. What? It's a two-countier, huh? <laughs> She's a two-countier. <laughs> Holy God. Holy shit, he did what up there, Joe? That's right. The two counties? You know what you want to do? Make a left and go to the other county. And that's where that's where that Frisbee went. <laughs> worst directions ever. Yeah. I wasn't looking for a Frisbee. Okay. They expected to put up housing compounds, warehouses, and support buildings. Business enterprises, one space in India, would move to the ranch. It would all start happening. But Sheila closed the deal quickly without checking Oregon law. Turns out the state severely limits how many people and buildings can be placed on ranch land. An interesting curveball. <laughs> but it was too late. Hundreds of Senesans were on their way. They told local officials they planned to operate a farm commune. Workers would be brought in to restore abused rangeland, which the Oregon was like, oh, that's cool. But they needed a building to house those workers. Dan Duro, a young county planner, was intrigued by the idea of a farming uh, commune. God, he got taken advantage of, huh? The well. They discussed how the ranch could legally house perhaps 150 people. Okay. Uh, Duro asked, are you a religious organization? No, said Sheila. We celebrate life and laughter. We are simple farmers. At which point he probably went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
And someone was like, and we just hate Gandhi. Okay, did that? Did she say we celebrate life and laughter? Because uh, this is Oregon. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm going to go get my stick. <laughs> so Duro was like checking up on him all the time. Okay. And he'd go there and he'd see a house. But then if he went into the house, it would just be a big empty building with mats all over the floor because there were shitloads of people. But they made it look like it was a house. Right. On the outside. Yeah, four people are in there. Yeah. And you go in there and that's weird. It looks like. A lot of suitcases. It looks like there's uh, human uh, farming happening here. (laughs) Human farming. Are you growing humans in here? What's happening? Uh, to get around the laws, the Rajneeshis decided to form their own city. Okay. Whoa. So they're just going to make a city out there. Okay. I don't think you can stop that. Yeah. Well, you can. Can you? Yes. You can't just make a city. Why not? Because. Let's... Can't you just vote to have a city? You can vote, but the people have to vote. The powers that be in Oregon were like, <clears throat> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the Rajneeshis started fighting with everyone. Oh, no. Debating. Sheila's conduct troubled other Rajneesh leaders, but she did everything with the guru's blessing, and he listened to her first. So she was the only person he really... But she still didn't trust others in the compound, so she bugged the guru's house with hidden mics. Hey, just a regular, regular uh, religious group hanging out, having some fun, (laughs) celebrating, bugging... The Rajneeshis then began a harassment campaign against the county and state officials. A harassment campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Two Rajneeshis parked in front of the house of Bill Hulse, a Wasco County commissioner. <clears throat> they just sat there for hours. Dan Duro, the counting, uh, the counting planning director, had pretty much had it with them, and he decided to strictly follow the letter of the law when it came to land use. So he was like, okay, now you guys want to play ball? You want to sit in front of people's houses and freak them out? (laughs) You want to play leftovers? Then uh, what we're going to do is we're going to crack down and keep everything uh, by the rule. Capiche? All right. Uh, The Rajneeshis were pissed. <clears throat> at one started, point, he was intrigued by them. Which yeah, is at one so point, funny. he was like, well, that's well, interesting. You know, yeah. an interesting idea. A little commune? Well, I like this. Fun. I like this. Now he's like, no, no. <laughs> I've had enough. No. <laughs> um, so they be, they went to meetings, like planning meetings, the town planning meetings, and would yell at him. Oh, God. And they would send letters to him just being, you're a fucking dick. Like, just letters that were just ridiculous. <laughs> the Rajishas. Packs of Rajneeshas came to his office in the Dalles, which is a city near there, <clears throat> disrupting work by scattering throughout workstations off limits to the public and just standing there. What? So they would just like come into your office. They're just like. And then just hang. They're like bugs. They're like ghosts you can see. <laughs> All right. Did he seem irritated when you stood there for eight hours? I, I could tell I was getting to him. I was getting to him. He didn't say anything, but I was getting to him. Duro was so concerned that he sent his three children to live with his uh, ex-wife out of town. <clears throat> then, he, then they really poured it on. One Rajneeshi put a nail under the tile, tire of a Wasco County planner while he attended a conference in Eugene. I mean, I mean it's really a, Bush League shit. Oh, no. This is an intense <laughs> campaign of harassment. <laughs> we are going to make his tire uh, deflate. Okay. Does anybody have any ideas? Go ahead and uh, put, your, what'd you, put, you put your hand up, Larry. What would you say? Yes. I was going to say um, maybe... We take his junk mail. I love it! Yeah, he'll never be able to look at it. <laughs> Sheila held a courthouse door. Let's pour water on his car. 
Wait, you ready for a better one? Oh, no. Oh, no. Sheila held the courthouse door open for the state's deputy <laughs> district attorney. Shut up. His arms full of legal books. As he passed, she stuck out her foot and tripped him. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they all laughed. So, so they're Monty Python. <laughs> it's essentially... They're more like Betty Hill. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this is the best. So these are just... These, the Rajneeshas at this point are, are on a harassment a campaign. Three Stooges harassment campaign. Where they're standing. Uh, they're popping a tire every now and then. And they're just making someone, like, pick up documents. Like, at the end of the day, the guy had to pick up things for three minutes. Yeah. You'll never forget the Rajneeshas, though. Did you like high school? Say my name, bitch. It's the Rajneeshas. Forget that when you're picking up your folders. Oregon Attorney General pressed to have the sex city declared illegal. <laughs> That's a headline. Sheila set up secret squads to strike at the commune's enemies. Ma Anad Puja was a nurse. She was Sheila's shadow. The two have been close since their time in India. Puja now supervised the ranch's medical department. Occasionally, Puja retreated to a laboratory hidden in a cabin up in a canyon and the ranch to secretly experiment with viruses and bacteria. Well, 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 well. That's not good. That's not good at all. To experiment. Oh, Jesus Christ. Christ, it's not. <clears throat> yeah. In the summer of 1984. 19- it's not a good thing to hear right now. In the summer of 1984. Puja field tested her work, handing unlabeled vials to secret sect attack teams. What? The operatives knew or suspected the brown liquid was salmonella, which produces severe diarrhea and other symptoms. It, th- these people aren't going to drink salmonella. Over months, they were dispatched to spread the poison in the Dalles, the nearby big city. They initially hoping, hoped to sicken public officials standing in their way with diarrhea. I mean... <laughs> Are you ready? For diarrhea. What? Pusha's <laughs> mixture was spread onto fixtures in the men's room at the Wesco County Courthouse. One Rajneesh went to a political rally, put some of the contaminant on her hand, and turned to an elderly man sitting next to her and shook his hand. Okay. This is so Bush League. It's so Bush League. <laughs> like, if you're spreading a virus, you don't put it on your hand and... Sh- yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Now we both have diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to meet you. We both have diarrhea. Hi, welcome to the world of diarrhea. (laughs) Join me. Join me on my mission. (laughs) So have you changed your mind? About the Uh, city? No, I I just... No, I I just... uh... You had to go to the bathroom a lot for about a day and a half. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Remember our name, bitch. We're doing it. We're doing it. How's your pooping going? Yeah. All right. It's, let's... it's not great, honestly. Ah! We knew it. You were going to poop for the next 30 hours pretty often. Welcome to hell. Now give us our city. <laughs> One rush niche. Oops. Amazing. Yeah. The, the plan, it's just a spectacular plan. They're just very polite. Uh, Sheila tried her hand at uh, contamination as well. Taking a half dozen Rajneeshas, including Pooja, to a grocery store in Dallas. Let's have some fun, Sheila said. Oh, the group spread across the store with Sheila targeting the produce section, pouring brownish liquid Ugh. from the vial she had hidden up her sleeves. Ugh. But there were no public reports of people getting sick. Ugh, that's even so worse. So there was no big headline 
in the local paper saying diarrhea destroys city. Like, <laughs> like there, there never is a headline no. about no one's like, no. hey, diarrhea really went crazy because it's irritating. <laughs> it's not life altering. It's just, it's just a bunch of people, and no one, no one goes to work and goes, man, I really had diarrhea yeah, yesterday. Yeah. So no one, yeah. you did the one thing that no one talks about. <laughs> So everybody had diarrhea, and nobody wanted to tell each other they had diarrhea. Like, yeah, something's wrong with my stomach. Yeah, I'm just not feeling too. Just good. Don't oh feel yeah, it must be hot. a bug going around because I got a little something weird too. Damn it, Rajadish, they think it's a bug. Jesus Christ, um, <laughs> salmonella. And if you're on this compound, I mean, you do not want to be one of the people pulled. You're like, so we need six to go drink some <laughs> salmonella. You're like, Ugh. just wipe it on your face and kiss people. Okay, <laughs> I might go home soon. I don't know. This isn't what I thought. <laughs> not what I thought at all. Remember when we were fucking and fighting? That was fun. <laughs> that was really fun. I love that. Remember when we broke Jerry's arm? That was hilarious. Oh, that was a good time. Now we're just Jerry, drinking chicken. Did you know we gave Jerry diarrhea? Yeah, I know. Yeah, but yeah. his arm's broken. He this talked a, about that. This is a great cult. So <laughs> Sheila, <laughs> so Sheila pushed Pujat to find a more toxic solution. Okay. Oh dear, I don't like that. Around the same time, three Wasco County commissioners arrived at the ranch for a tour. They parked outside the commune's welcome center and loaded into a commune van for their visit. When they got back, the car had a flat. Well, it's been going around. <laughs> Why don't you touch it? Touch the brown liquid on the tire and see what's wrong with it. <laughs> the Rajnishis arranged a repair on the spot that would cost $12. We've flattened it. You can pay 12 to fix it. Wait, there's... Is there more to what they just did? <clears throat> they flattened a tire. And then they just got them a cheap and then, and then they, And then they came out and said, we'll fix the flat for 12 bucks. Wow, these people are animals. <laughs> these people are absolute animals. Savages. we probably just like, okay, uh, you really got us. Yeah, there's a nail in it. Oh, we'll fix it right now. Okay, okay you guys are literally the worst. <laughs> literally. As the commissioners waited in the hot August sun, Pusha approached, offering each a glass of water. Her gesture was odd yeah. because Pooja was in her medical whites and had no role as a greeter. She wouldn't even fucking change? No, she basically had her murder clothes she on. She just comes from lab to person? Yeah. Hey, here's a mixture. Try this water in this beaker. They were really thirsty, so they drank the water. Oh, boy. <laughs> that night, unbearable stomach pain woke up Commissioner Bill Hulse. He ran for the bathroom, vomiting. He was admitted to the local hospital. Another of the county commissioners stayed in bed alone in his cabin, violently ill for two days. Hulse remained in the hospital for four days, with doctors telling him he would have died without treatment. As he recovered at home later, he concluded the Rajneeshes had poisoned him, and he said so publicly. The Rajneeshes denied it, but the sex leaders hoped sickening public officials would deter future decisions against their operation. You, they'll just stop taking water from you, dumbass. Okay. <laughs> no. No, they'll be like, okay, I got really bad diarrhea, and I threw up, and you can have your city. All right. You, you know what? You win. Well played. <laughs> you played the long game well. <laughs> what? I mean... This is how Trump got his plaza. All righty. Now you're going to let us have our sex city? <laughs> Meanwhile... Sick of buying toilet paper, aren't you? Hmm? The guru, Rajneesh, pushed for even more extreme acts. Good. He wanted his people to get a seat on or get control of the county's board of commissioners. Boy, one of the Rajneeshes shed her orange clothes, made herself look like a normal person, and moved to the Dallas, intending to run for city council. To get elected, the Rajneeshes had a two-part plan. 
Oh, I mean, amazing. <laughs> amazing. I, I'm, I'm equally excited for each part. One was to depress the turnout by traditional Wasco County residents by, by sickening them. Jesus. The first, the first plan one is to sicken everybody. Election canceled due to diarrhea. <laughs> the second was to pack the rolls with new voters loyal to the Rajneesh. Okay. They decided That's... to attack people where they ate, the restaurants of the Dallas. A young woman named Mana and Ava was driven to town, stopped at one restaurant after another, going inside and poisoning food. This is an insane thing. Yeah. <laughs> That they're doing. They're, no, gonna it's give, fucking... they're going to suppress a vote yeah. by giving people diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, at some point, yeah. somebody had to bottom line it and they had to be like, well, when you put it like that, it sounds crazy. If Pepto Bismo had taken advantage of this and yeah. used it as a campaign, and they could be the voting day medicine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's election day. Did you take yeah. the Pepto? Or if Pepto ran. Damn it. I mean, okay. Wearing a wig. And just- <laughs> it's just so good. It's so good. It's so good. They're going to restaurants in fucking probably awful wigs. Did glasses, right? Glasses, yeah, like Groucho, Groucho glasses. <laughs> Hello, my name is Smith Smitherton. Can I look in the kitchen? Pooja went on a separate mission pouring liquid on the salad greens. <laughs> Uh, Terry Turner, a local furniture store owner, took his wife and two-year-old to a Sunday brunch at a restaurant on the banks of the Columbia River. They enjoyed a casual meal, opting for the salad bar across oh. the, across town. State Trooper Rick Carlton had the day off. He took his wife, three-year-old son, and four-month-old baby to a downtown restaurant. After a meal that included a trip through the salad bar, they uh, drove home. Uh, the next morning, uh, yeah, both yeah. men were violently ill. So were... Uh, Turner's young daughter and Carlton's son. Turner headed to the medical clinic only to discover a waiting room filled with people just as ill. When Carlton arrived home, he found his wife and son as sick as him. <clears throat> Hundreds of people were sick. Hospital room, emergency rooms and medical clinics, clinics overflowed with people suffering nausea, diarrhea, and enduring weakness. They all suspected the Rajneeshes. <laughs> Everybody was like, okay. So let's kill them. <laughs> yeah, I like. So at this point, they, I mean, they just known as the people who give people diarrhea. So when there's a huge diarrhea outbreak, they're like, "Yeah, we know these fucking morons." Uh, so <laughs> we didn't. We had no idea. No, I just went to the salad bar. We love the salad bar. We I have, like. I have my own dressing. Oh yes, you should try it. It's called balsamo. A state health official famously concluded that restaurant workers in different restaurants had all ignored proper hygiene at the same time. That's... Well, that's <laughs> equally troubling. I mean, it's also a troubling thing. But not surprising either. The standards of Applebee's weren't up to snuff, I guess. <laughs> the brilliant planning of Sheila continued. The Rajneeshes chartered buses in cities coast to coast and filled them with homeless people. They lured the homeless people to the buses by promising... Food, beer, and rest. As the homeless came to the ranch, they were obliged to register to vote. Oh, my God. They were expected to vote party ticket when it came time to pick the new county commissioners. Wait, let me ask you this. <laughs> now, so they gave everyone diarrhea, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there was no vote. So they did that. I think it was a test run. <laughs> um, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> amazing. 
Um, so you get the homeless people and then you do the diarrhea campaign. Right. Well, I think they wanted to bring in the homeless later because it would cost them less money to house them. Right. Up until the election. So really this last diarrhea run was just for fun. It was a test diarrhea run. TD. <laughs> TDR. There was a bit of a problem with the plan, though. It turns out that a lot of homeless people have serious mental problems. Now, I won't stand here and let you say something like that. That's sweeping. <laughs> Fights began to break out. Well, they love that. Two, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yay, it's back! It's the old days! <laughs> so, to regain control, Rajneeshis injected the tranquilizer Haldol into beer kegs used to serve the homeless. What the fuck is going on? So they were just getting them drunk. Yeah. And then they started fighting. So and then, then they're like, well, let's put Haldol in this shit. Jesus Christ. I mean, just put the fire out. Haldol's like a serious tranquilizer. I mean, they and they bust all these homeless people to their commune, and yeah. then we're sick of them fighting. They give them beer, <laughs> and then they... Drug them. And then they drug them. Well... The homeless began to leave the ranch, both because they wanted to and because the set couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> the homeless <clears throat> couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to go where there's nothingness again. I hate it here. Oh, I want to lay face down in cement like I used to. Yeah, I'm not eating salads anymore either because, my God, they go right God through me. At first, they got bus tickets to return to their home cities, but that was so expensive that Rajneesh soon stopped that. Instead, they drove the homeless to small towns near the commune and just left them. <laughs> They're like, they want, like, like, recyclables, like things of trash. <laughs> Like when you when you take down when you take apart something and you don't want to throw it out, you just drive to the middle of nowhere. You're like, there we go. Yeah, Run. But it's also these small towns in Oregon. So all of a sudden, these small towns in Oregon are filling up with homeless people. So everybody's like, all we're doing is shitting. There's more homeless people. Can we just fucking kill the Rajneeshas? Like, what? Wait, you brought India here? Yeah. What did you, you literally? You literally got thrown out of India and brought it here. Uh. It became a legitimate crisis, and now state and local authorities were worried. They started to get worried. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, they started to get worried that local residents would attack the commune. The Oregon State Police and the National Guard devised contingency plans, with guard commanders promising the governor they could mobilize ten thousand soldiers if necessary. Why? Well, I wouldn't defend them. I, they, I, mean, I know, kind of. You might want to wait a little while. I mean, just let it play out a little. <laughs> You're thinking more of like a roadhouse approach. Yeah, I'm saying, mate, listen, these people put salmonella in the salad bar. That's fine. They just increase yeah. the homeless population. Yeah. Protect them. You know, the cops were like, uh, yeah, I'm going to, if you guys yeah. need to go out there, I'm going to wait a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sheila thought the crisis was the perfect time to meet with the governor and attorney general. So now we can do some negotiating. She, exactly. She figured her genius plans. <clears throat> We're in motion, and the government would negotiate and let her have her way. She thought she had leverage. I have 60 homeless people who are going to move here the second I say go. Hey, do you want homeless people everywhere and other people shitting? Okay, then you'll do what I want. Yeah, so... This is how World War II ended. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, this is the same way. Uh, the governor sent his staff... And stop shitting! The, the governor sent her staff to meet with her. <clears throat> she met with uh, chief of staff, Geraldine... Thompson. She launched in her, into her demands. She wanted the governor to help clear visa troubles so her guru could, be, could avoid deportation. She wanted the state to drop its court case, seeking to disband their city of Rajneeshpuram. And she wanted land use obstacles removed so their compound's construction could continue. In turn, she said that Rajneeshas would help get rid of the homeless. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks. <clears throat> so listen, all the people we brought in, uh, we'll take we'll take them out. And we know the key. You just you just give us a permanent base of operations. So deal, <laughs> deal. Thompson said no deal. <laughs> uh, Sheila started swearing at her. Thompson screamed at her. That the meeting was over, and Sheila left. Somebody's going to have a flat tire. Then, Kishna Diva, a high up Sunny Eason, poked his head back into the office and told Thompson, "Just keep talking to us." The two set up a private link, and from then on, kept Thompson kept the government informed of the most intimate details of what was happening at the ranch, including <clears throat> the escalating danger. Yeah. Okay. Because the Rajneeshas were now fracturing and the compound was coming apart. So now they're having inner fighting because of this shit. Because there's people on the ranch going, I don't think we should give people diarrhea. <laughs> I really thought this was going to be better. <laughs> I thought meditation and peace and love and fucking stuff. It was uh, a really great idea. Diarrhea was not in the pamphlet. That was not in the pamphlet. Well, that we were going to be going to grocery stores, diarrheaing aisles. <clears throat> Sheila and her elite group became worse at the commune. She secured loyalty with privileges no one else in the commune had. She'd give private rooms, cars, and special clothing. They began to <clears throat> they began to see themselves within the commune as a bigger threat than those outside. So, so now they're seeing the people who don't believe in what they're doing as the threat. It, so now they're, I mean, it's it, it's like, yeah, everybody's becoming an enemy. It's like a cocaine party in hour <laughs> eighteen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you just got your heavy hitters left. <laughs> really? Why are you looking at me like that, Jerry? I mean, fuck you, man. I didn't say anything. I was talking about opening up uh, coin shops. Mark's not breathing. <laughs> uh, they were scared the guru, guru would be attacked by vigilantes or arrested by authorities. Mostly they feared losing their special place in the sect. The vast majorities of the Senaeasons on the commune were just going about their day during all this, doing their daily work, meditating, and devising a life intended to be a global model. Most didn't like Sheila or her paranoia. Many were embarrassed by her public flipouts, but they said nothing because doubters or challengers were punished. One of the commune's top lawyers crossed Sheila and soon found himself driving a bulldozer. Wait, I, I'm sorry? I love that he was one of the, he was one of the lawyers... Who joined the sect, and he crossed her, and she put him on bulldozer duty. But wouldn't you just be like, I'm, I'm not going to... Yeah, uh, let me just open this little pin and leave the gate. <laughs> Bye, assholes. <laughs> Man, got to bulldoze now. Yeah, they actually can't do that, because complaining Sinesans were kicked off the commune. The problem was that to get <clears throat> to the commune in the first place, they'd sold all their possessions and donated all their money to the sect and cut off all ties to family and friends. So well, basically, if they leave the sect, they're homeless. Dave, you <laughs> you go all in when you've got a flush. You don't fucking go in with a seven high. I mean, that's on them then. Yeah. Fuck, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> By late I mean, you have to, if you do that, when it's starting to turn, you're mentally like, oh, oh no. boy. Oh, I mean, it just seems like all we're doing is giving people diarrhea. <laughs> I had a Mercedes. Fuck. Mercedes. Fuck. I had a family. I had a wife and kids. I miss my kid. Oh, God, I had a job. That was a great job. I used to play racquetball. Hey. Uh, now I'm giving people diarrhea. Let's talk. More bulldoze. <laughs> Fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> By late, late 1984, Sheila and her little group were basically nuts. <clears throat> they saw eyes and mics everywhere. And they didn't trust anyone. To keep going, Sheila Ride was relying on a bunch of medications. 
For anxiety, she was using a drip line for sedation. Holy shit. So they're basically this small group of drugged out lunatics. But I mean, having your own drip is... Michael Jackson shit? I mean, that is some heavy shit. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Pills won't do. Uh, In this awesome state, Sheila decided that county planner Dan Duro couldn't act against the commune if his office was destroyed. She decided to burn it down. Fair. Around midnight, two St. Easons were dropped near Duro's office. They pried open a window, crawled inside, and closed the drapes. They rifled through the cabinets and desks, scattering government papers all about. Then they placed eight candles inside cardboard squares soaked with lighter fluid. The pair intended the candles to act as timers, igniting the cardboard once, and, you know, and then it would burn yeah. the hole. Yeah. The two arsonists lit the candles, crept back out the windows, and closed the window. But... That starved the candles of oxygen. Oh my! I was praying. <laughs> I was, I was praying they'd fuck up burning an office with their fuck. Just light, just fucking gas and a match. How hard is it? <clears throat> Only two fires started. Firefighters quickly extinguished the flames before much damage was done. And their fingerprints are all over the place. <laughs> yeah, right. The heat melted a part of the planning department's main computer, but the hard drive was intact. Some papers were burned. Others damaged by water. Durr and his crew were back in business within two weeks. <clears throat> that May, hearing there was a conference at the state library in Salem about improper construction at the ranch, a Roshnish contaminated oh un- unattended drinking water with an overdose of Haldol. <sighs> so, on one day, the state's chief electrician inspector got sick. The next day, Assistant Attorney General Karen Green had trouble during questioning as her jaw froze shut. When the session ended for the day, Green's two-block walk to her office became a half-hour ordeal. Her feet and legs, coursed with Haldol, cramped so much that she froze in place. What? <laughs> well, it's like a heavy-duty like, Can you imagine watching that from a distance? Like, what is going on? Is she, is she being filmed? Is somebody is she filming in, her? Is she, are people in slow motion now? Yeah, I <laughs> Hey, uh, Karen, you just standing around? <laughs> Oil can. Oh, wait, I saw this episode of Star Trek. It's Oil like some can. people. It's like some people are going fast and other people are. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> Gonna go. Taxi! Get in this cab. Um, <clears throat> could you imagine just oh, frozen yeah, in place? I, what your head? Yeah. Oh, Shockingly, the poisons didn't alter the outcome. On Hollywood Boulevard, you get like a buck. So I'm gonna be like, "That's awesome! Thank you. Way to go. That was really good." <laughs> the hearings offer proposed a one million dollar fine against the commune for illegal wiring. So just not even enough. I mean, get them out of there now. Federal prosecutors began investigating the Rajneeshis for immigration fraud. A grand jury was convened, and word was that the guru himself would face criminal charges. On the state front, the attorney general was winning round after round in his effort to declare Rajneeshpuram an illegal city. The commune's entire legal staff advised the guru the case was lost. But the guru told them to keep going and win. Losing the case meant losing the city and the worldwide base for Rajneesh. So he's at like they're like it's over, dude. He's like, no, he's like Hitler. He's like get in the bunker. We're gonna keep bombing. A cornered wasp. <clears throat> Ooh, yeah. Sting. She the, then went on a business trip to Australia. She completely botched a business deal. Her using Sheila her, did. Yeah. 
Wow. Using her usual method of drugging and eavesdropping, Sheila manipulated her... <laughs> Can we just isolate that yeah. and say how great that is? <laughs> her usual method? That's her usual method. Here's what do we do. I do drugging and eavesdropping. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my forte. <laughs> that's my thing. That's what I love to do. Sheila manipulated her way into part ownership of a public company, but as soon as word got out about the sect ownership... The company value plummeted overnight. The move cost the commune nearly $1 million. Oh, my God. And now they're at $2 million. Oh, boy. <laughs> then they lost a case. They, some guy sued them. He, some guy who had given, he had given them a loan, and, and then he left the sect, and then he sued them for $1.7 million, and he won that. So okay. now they're down $3.7 million. He better not be eating at salad bars anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to eat salad? I love salad. Why? Just curious. No, no, here's no your worries. money. Here's your worries. And here's some salad dressing. <laughs> oh, this actually smells pretty good. Thank you, Rich Nations. I'm glad we could end on friendly terms. Okay. Well, uh, I gotta go. Uh, when she got back to the commune, Rich Nations was focused on one thing. What do you think he was focused on? With all going on, what do you think he's focused on? Drugs? Sex? <clears throat> he wanted to expand his fleet of Rolls Royces. <laughs> Can you imagine being like, so when we really, it's a two-prong attack and we're really going to, you know, I should probably get two more Rolls Royces. Like a nice big car. Yeah, nice like a, big. Like new. I love a Rolls. I love, I love a, a Rolls. I like one now. We don't have any money, Rajneesh. I like a Rolls. Oh, but let's get Rolls Royces. I like a big Rolls. Uh, he had a new plan. He wanted to make it into the record books as the man with the most Rolls Royces. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, if you were a follower... <laughs> If you had given up everything, you've, you don't talk to your child anymore. You think about your wife. You have no money. You had a job. We have a new goal. Oh, a new goal. Love, sex, all out. Yes, we've been dying for a purpose. Thank you. Great fucking cars. Ah. Did you say cars? A Rolls Royce. The best. The best. The Rolls Royce. All of them. <laughs> all of them. I'm going to have a... So many. Now the validation will not come from the sky. It so will come many. from the Guinness Book. I'm going to have so many. <laughs> so many. So many Rolls Royce. For so many people, they must have just been like, my God. My God. Okay. So um, this awesome idea was costing the commune $200,000 a month. And he was also demanding what. It's happening? Yeah. But it's the guru. <laughs> Don't. He, he was also demanding a $1 million watch, telling her to divert funds from the commune's needs if necessary. What? I, look, at, look at my wrist. It looks so normal. <laughs> yeah, I would like it. I found a watch. We, we don't have any money. We've spent it all on Rolls Royces better, like you asked. Better than a swatch. Better than a swatch? Swatch, yeah. It's one million dollar watch. Oh my god. The guru would like it. I had a life. I'd put it on my penis. <laughs> you put it on. Made me in the dick sucking tent for the watch ceremony. <laughs> Sheila called a meeting of commune leaders. She was in a very dark mood. Are you are you people cowards or are you Sandy Eason's of Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, she asked. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, uh, one more time? I'm a coward. Go from the beginning. What uh, are the options? I heard, I heard, <laughs> I'm going to go with coward. The first one I know. I'm definitely a coward. She said the commune's enemies had to be stopped. They had to be killed. 
The leaders with her that night included the president of the commune, its investment corporation, and its medical operation. Uh, the mayor of the sex city was there, as were a handful of operatives who had secretly executed most of Sheila's plots. After Sheila spoke, another leader gave what amounted to a pep talk, supporting Sheila's starting call to action. I would love, I would, I would give anything, I would give anything to travel back in time <laughs> and be able to hear that pep talk. <laughs> okay, who knows how to spell diarrhea? <laughs> like. All right, guys. Listen, I know it's been a crazy ride, huh? We used to fuck. We used to fight. The diarrhea phase. But here we are at the other end, building towards the dream of having more Rolls Royces than anywhere else. And a fucking hot ass watch. All right? Let's kill some motherfuckers. Get him in. Get him in. (laughs) One woman raised her hand. Um, I can't kill anybody, but I support you if you do it. Cool. Two men protested that the idea of murder wasn't sound and sane. <laughs> they were they were attacked as cowards. The meeting went on to drop a hit list. Sheila went to the guru to help encouraging the the people, the participants. She returned with a tape of her conversation. The commune insiders heard Rajneesh say that if 10,000 had to die to save one enlightened master, so be it. Well, the one enlightened master wants more Rolls Royces Uh than anyone else. That's that's, right. That's an issue. You know it. (laughs) Their top target was Charles Turner, the U.S. attorney for Oregon, because he was investigating immigration fraud at the commune. Sheila would probably be charged. Sheila figured killing Turner would somehow end the investigation, like all of her other plans had worked the same way. Yeah, no, that's she's got really good plans. Yeah, always has. So she decided to gun him down. She's just gonna straight up gun him. Yeah, how is she gonna kill people? Uh, kind of like a salad murder. I think they've tried salad murder. Maybe like a salmon murder. You know, <laughs> murder, murder through by salmon or something. They set up a safe house in Portland, which became the base. For scouting Turner's home On one occasion Two uh, assassins sat in a McDonald's In downtown Portland Across from Turner's office Sipping coffee And monitoring his movements They considered gunning him down In the parking garage But couldn't figure an easy way to escape Jesus Yeah Dave Frohmeyer The state attorney general Was targeted as well Also on the list Was James Comini A Wasco County commissioner Who had been critical Of the Rajneeshes Pooja went to St. Vincent Hospital on a summer night in 1985. She was there to kill Kamini, who was recuperating from ear surgery at the Portland Hospital. She carried a syringe to inject a mixture into Kamini's intravenous tube that would stop his heart. Yeah. But once inside Kamini, <laughs> into the hospital, oh boy. into his room, Pusha discovered her target wasn't on an IV, so she ran from the hospital to a getaway car. Oh my God. <laughs> Wow. Talk about cool under pressure, huh? There's no IV bag. Run! I got in there! It was so fucked up! God damn it. Is, he's alive? He didn't have an IV. There wasn't a tube thing! I'll just jam him with a duff! There wasn't a sake. tube thing! There wasn't a tube thing? He didn't have any salad? I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to kill him. What did you do? Oh, I ran. I Oh, God. I ran right out of there. They were on to me. Yeah, they have cameras in there. A lot of them. Next, the group decided to kill two of the guru's personal staff, his doctor and his caretaker. What the fuck? I They're- mean, now, like, we were just, what? We were just talking about estate officials. 
All right, fuck it. Kill that my doctor. Did, that didn't work. Let's kill the guru's doctor. Kill my doctor. And the person who takes care of him. You know the people that keep him healthy? Out. Out of there. Then we'll show him who's got the most Rolls Royces or whatever the fuck this is all about. Sheila convinced the others that the two were a threat to the guru. The assignment fell to kill Vivek, who is the doctor, uh, went to... Uh, Ma Anand Ava and Ma Anand Su, president of the sex investment firm. It's so fucking. The sex investment. The investment. It's so. We're sex festers. <laughs> it's what so, we do. Oh, God. The two set out late one night to catch Vivek in her room. They carried an ether soaked rag to render her unconscious. The plan was for Ava to inject her with a lethal combination of potassium and adrenaline. Okay. They never got the chance. Because they couldn't unlock Vivek's rear door. Okay. So, so really what, what we're dealing with here is just, I mean, they, they can't, they just can't do anything. Well, they, they, there are so many roadblocks. I mean, they just like there's so many hard. You have these. Things. They don't. These people don't have the killer instinct. No, but it's they do. But it's so hard to get through yeah. doors. Yeah, I mean, tubes. well, especially when we're talking about a murder. Ah, doors locked. He really thought everything. All right, let's get a pizza. I mean, honestly, no IV bag. I'm gonna jump out the window. Okay, so that was the caretaker they tried to kill that way. Next, they went to kill... By the, the way, once the door's locked, you'll never see that person again. So that's why it won't that's work. That's right. Yeah. No, you can't ever do it No, again. you get one chance. Next, they went to kill the guru's British doctor. The attempt came uh, the morning of July 6th, 1985, when the commune was full of Senesans visiting from the, for the annual world festival. Oh, we all remember the annual uh, world festival. So great. Great shirts. Robes off. <laughs> yep. Robes optional. <laughs> <laughs> during, the world fest. During a dance in the lecture hall, the doctor was sitting cross-legged on the floor. Then a woman named Ma Shanti Badra leaned over his shoulder and whispered in his ear. He felt a hot sting in his buttock. She jabbed him with a miniature syringe concealed by her handkerchief. He whirled on her. Oh, so this is what it's come to, has it? And he got to his feet. He made it out of the lecture hall and was flown to Bend Hospital. He nearly died from the injection of adrenaline. This is, and again, I'm not, it's hard to not sound like you're pro killing these people, right. but just from a tactical standpoint. Terrible idea. What is the point of injecting him with something that will murder him and then letting him get anywhere near where he can be rescued? There were some problems with the plans. Yeah, there's a lot of problems with the plans. Well, I love that. I love that. Like, okay, we're they gonna, just stop. They we're going to kill this guy. There's no follow through. No, they just have one person go do it and they don't all like make sure it. It's like done. They, they feel like they, they feel probably like these people will piece it together. They'll know what to do when they get there. Yeah. But they don't. No. They they just they don't do it. They, no. they the door's locked, they can't get in. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, he's gonna call nine one one. Did you let him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I didn't mean, know what else to do. Once he picked up the phone, it was over. He called and they're pissed. I'm gonna be arrested. <laughs> it's so. crazy. The attack was a shock. Up to now, the episodes had seemed like pranks or justified acts of self-defense, but now the Rajneeshis had, had tried to kill one of their own. The guru ordered Badra to be drugged in question, an order Sheila ignored. Yoda Vidya, one of the commune's top executives, had fought Sheila in private about the murder plans. Sheila blew her, Sheila blew her off, but kept Vidya loyal by threatening to kill her husband. 
Finally, Vidya snapped. She made her, her way to Sheila's room, interrupting a meeting. It's got to stop. I can't take all this talk of killing anymore. I can't stand it. I can't stand it, she said. Then she collapsed on the floor, convulsing and crying. Sheila summoned Badra from an adjoining room, asking her to calm Vidya. Badra snapped too. I will not kill anybody. No one will be killing anybody. The turning point had come. The party was over. The murder plots ended, as did other dirty tricks. Soon after Labor Day 1985, Sheila quit her post at the ranch and fled to Europe with, a, with selected taped conversations involving the guru, sect promissory notes, and miniature hypodermic needles, such as the one used to attack the doctor. A dozen of her allies also quit and joined her in Germany. So she took evidence that could, yeah. could ruin the guru and bailed. Germany. The, <clears throat> the ranch quickly fell apart. At a news conference, the guru described a litany of crimes he attributed to Sheila and her gang. Both Oregonians and Rajneeshis were stunned. Two of Sheila's most trusted insiders struck deals with the state investigators. One was the Rajneeshpura mayor. I love that there's a mayor. Yeah, the titles they gave them the in their mayor. little bullshit yeah. town. Yeah, it's fucking Chief crazy. executive of horseshit. That's you, right. Yeah. You, you get to wear the orange hat. That's right. I absolutely do. And this is my supervisor. He has the yellow glove. <laughs> So, welcome to the weird place. He's the treasury of, of that pasture. <laughs> How are you? Good. Uh, both gave lengthy statements that astonished investigators. The summary of one statement, given over eight days, was 96 pages. Oh, my God. In the coming months, one Senison went to court admitting criminal conduct on behalf of the sect. Puja and Bado struck, struck deals that included federal prison time. They admitted to the attempted murder poisoning two county officials, setting fire to a county office, and setting up an elaborate wiretapping network on the commune's telephone system. <laughs> the guru attempted to escape on a charter jet, but was caught in North Carolina as he was about to leave the country. He was hauled back to Portland in handcuffs, booked into a jail like a common criminal. He ordered his lawyers to cut a quick deal, and he was soon deported as a convicted felon guilty of immigration crimes. Rajneeshi corporations went bankrupt, poisoning victims sued, and the state pressed... Uh, the case against the city of Rashnish Param. The insurance company holding the ranch's mortgage foreclosed, selling the ranch to a wealthy Monta Montana rancher. He turned into a camp for uh, Young Life, a Christian youth organization. Rajneesh ended up in India. He renamed himself Osho. He died in 1990, but the faithful kept alive his teachings, running meditation centers across the world. So they still have... His teachings? They still have Rajneesh meditation centers. But his teachings were great. It was, there no, was they no were teachings. Good. No, they were good. <laughs> they were good. They were good. Uh, fucking that tent, beat that guy up, poison some people. Yeah, those are good teachings. I mean, 10,000 people can die for one of me. Uh, somebody open to, to Diarrhea 110, please. Uh, and then we'll, we'll go on until we get to uh, many cars. Into <laughs> the Rolls Royce. Book of Rolls. <laughs> and, of course, the final book. Oh, what a watch. <laughs> Revelations. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um, uh, elsewhere, some of the most deeply involved faded back into civilian life, giving no clue to their former allegiance to the sex. So people just kind of went yeah, back to no, their life. Like, that, yeah. that never happened. Uh, what was I doing last year? Um, uh, you know, I this was uh, uh, out just a lot of golfing. Vacation, I mean, uh, golfing uh, and uh, uh, lots of salad bars. How are you guys? <laughs> what are you up to? You talk about you. Uh, Sheila and Puja were sentenced to 24-year jail terms in federal prison okay they served their time in a white collar prison sheila was re released after two and a half years 
and immediately left for Switzerland. So she was released <clears throat> after two and a half years, even though yeah. she was sentenced to yeah twenty four. I mean, that's just it's yeah. Yeah. probably be honestly probably again because she was just such an asshole. <laughs> They were probably just like, you know, Get out. shut her the fuck up. You're let ruining her go. the prison. She says she's going to go to Switzerland. Just let her leave. Uh, she left for Switzerland on uh, the 13th of December, 1988. Oregon wanted her charged with her a bunch of. They wanted, Oregon wanted to charge her with a yeah. shitload of crimes. But the Justice Department never told them that they were releasing her. So she just. Because Oregon were like, we could put her in jail forever. Yeah. So she just got to... She poisoned shitloads of people. Like, yeah. She tried to kill people. Two and a half years. Killed many people. She married a Swiss sunny and oh, Because who? of her marriage to a Swiss citizen, Sheila gained immunity from extradition from future charges, including those related to the 1985 plot to assassinate U.S. prosecutor Charles Turner. In Switzerland, Sheila started a new profession, owning and managing two nursing homes. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. Why'd you do it like that? <laughs> oh my god! That's the real ending. Oh shit! Two nurse. Oh man! How do you feel? Yeah, I mean that last part's troubling. Feels <laughs> like there's a secondary doll up there. I. Uh, that is the funniest. I mean the fucking. <laughs> yeah, they really swung for the fences, didn't they? Huh? Really. It really It's amazing that the sect didn't bring in one guy who knew how to kill people. Yeah. Like one, one like a CIA guy or a, I mean, could you imagine when they came back and were like, Yeah, but his door's locked. You're like, So <laughs> So did you just break in? Did you No, we jimmied it, but it's like totally locked. Right, but how, did you go we through left. the We left, we came right here. So what, did you try the front door or the windows? No, no, we didn't. We should have. We totally should have. Yeah, but it's, the one door's locked. So Okay. Anyway. Okay, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So. Alright, cool. <laughs> Alright, thanks. See you later. Thank you. Thanks so much. Almost murder. Almost. We almost got And that, that was guy. it. Yeah. Alright, well, we can't ever try again. <laughs> Let's get the doctor. Well, that's yeah, it's murder the doctor now. Yeah. I remember I just have when I was really young, this was like a story, and I remember seeing pictures of the of the people in their robes and like a Rolls Royce driving the Rolls like, Royce. Yeah, he would drive. He would drive and wave at them in his Rolls Royce. Drive oh. to the ranch and wave at them. Oh, I kind of yeah. know the imagery of this a little bit. Yeah, then. once you once you see the pictures, you go, "Oh, I've seen those pictures." Right. Okay. Yeah. I, the the Rolls Royce with the hand waving to the people. Yeah. I kind of. And there's a great. She was interviewed by an Australian uh, reporter when she was in Australia, and it's such a fucking great interview. And I'll post it. On uh, he just just goes right after. Good, her yeah. She gets so fucking mad. I'll post that on the Facebook page. <laughs> um, please leave a review if you like the show on iTunes. Uh, that helps us out a lot. And uh, we are uh at, at the dollop on Twitter, and we are on Facebook. And there's actually a subreddit of mm-hmm. the dollop. If you did not listen to Rainbow Man, uh, the audio has been fixed as best it can, and I'm going to put it back up so you can go back and re-download that, and that will be good. Um, anything else? No. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's, no more salad bars. <laughs> oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy. The Gareth Army 
to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help.